Welcome to the Nations Church Podcast. We hope this message blesses you. Who's ready for some Bible teaching today? Seven of you, the rest of you come just to bide your time. Come on, who's ready for some Bible teaching today? Who's ready for God to speak to you? Come on, i got all the other campuses going crazy today, hungry for God. I want to continue on some messages that God has given me to start the year. Last week was uh, the, the, the first one, and, and, and today I want to continue somewhere in that vein. But I want to say to you today, at, at the start of every year, if you find yourself alive and still with breath in your lungs this year, you need to know that God has given you a fresh start. You haven't got 2022 anymore, that's gone. But what you have is 2023, you better be living it for Jesus, Amen. You know, how many of you are ready to step into all that God has for you this coming year? Well, for today, we're introduced in the book of Genesis to a man by the name of Abram. He later changes his name to Abraham. And unlike some other Bible characters, you know, when we read the Bible, we're introduced to characters often when they're quite young. When you think about Joseph was 17 years old, David was somewhere around 16 years old, Esther, young people, right? Um, In the case of Moses, we introduced him as a baby. But when it comes to Abraham, we're actually introduced to him at 75 years old. He's a 75-year-old man. I love the account of Abraham because his life speaks to us that it's actually never too late for a fresh start in God. How many of you are feeling a little bit older today? Saying yes and amen to that, right? Thank God. When we meet Abraham... Abram, in this case, he's 75. He's married to Sarai. She later changes her name to Sarah, and they have no kids. Now, that's a deal for them because they've been believing God, and it's, infertility is a thing, and you know they, they, they've been wanting to have children. But God interrupts this 75-year-old man and awakens in him destiny, purpose, and activation. Let's go to Genesis chapter 12, verse 1. It says, Then the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you, verse 2. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. We jump down to verse 4. So Abram went, as the Lord had told him, and Lot, being his nephew, went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he set out from Haran. So here is this Abraham at 75 years old. And whenever God speaks to us, there's often a charge or exhortation or a corresponding activation to do something physically. Here in this case, God says to Abraham, I want you to get up from from um, Haran and and go, right? There's There's a physical change. Get up from your country and go to the land that I will show you. And then God says something very strange to this man who's 75 years old and says, I will make a great nation out of you. Abraham immediately knew that this wasn't symbolic. God was referring to his lineage. How does God make such a a radical promise to a man who's never had a child? Now, before we get into the sermon, I want to go off on a little tangent today because I feel like this is prophetic. See, whenever God speaks to us and makes promises to us about our lives, maybe at the start of the year we get a sense of what God wants to do, it can either go one of two ways— We can get incredibly encouraged, or we can get incredibly offended and insulted. Hello. Whenever God speaks to us about a thing for our lives, we can either get incredibly encouraged, or we can get incredibly offended or disappointed. It's got nothing to do with God and the way that He speaks to us. It's got everything to do with the grid with which we're hearing what God is saying to us. 
See, if you were a 75-year-old man, and Sarah at the time was 10 years younger, 65, and you haven't been able to have kids, God suddenly says, you'll have heaps of descendants, Abraham. I'll make a great nation out of you. If that was you, let me ask you today, would you be encouraged or offended? If God comes to you and you've had years, decades of unfulfilled promise, would you hear God's promises in this moment with faith or with cynicism? Would you praise Him or would you ridicule Him? There are things that God wants to say to you today, even at the start of the year. And I even see it prophetically, even through the years. He's opened up heaven's treasures for you. Promises, goodness, favor, blessing, purpose, destiny, influence, victories. But some of what God has been trying to say to you has been met with some level of skepticism and cynicism. Am I the only person in the room today? Come on. Because we can start certain years and get a sense from God and we kind of go, oh no, I don't don't really want to dare go to that. I just got a sense today, someone might be watching on the screen online, you're not even at church today, and God is stirring something in your heart, but you are meeting that stirring with a fair level of cynicism and skepticism. I want to say this to you today, this is a brand new year. Let God do it. Come on, need a resounding amen from you. Back on track. Let's come back from the tangent, okay? In Abraham's case, in Genesis, God makes a promise to him at 75 years old. This has an incredible ending. We fast forward. Genesis chapter 21. Reading from verse 1, it says, And the Lord visited Sarah as he had said, and the Lord did for Sarah as he had spoken. How many of you believe in that God will do something in your life today as he has spoken? Just four of you. Come on. For Sarah conceived and bore Abraham a son in his old age. Come on now. Ken Fletcher, it's not too late. Let's go again. Come on now. Let's go. Not physically have a son, but go, go for destiny. Come on now. Y'all thought I was talking about a kid. The blood drained from Mel's face. I could see it. No, Jesus, please no. At the set time of which God has spoken to him, and Abraham called the name of his son who was born to him, whom Sarah bore to him, Isaac. Then Abraham circumcised his son Isaac, and he was eight days old, and God, as God had commanded him, now Abraham was 100 years old when his son Isaac, or the promise, was born or given to him. What a wonderful outcome. Can we give Jesus a big shout of praise for all of his fulfilled promises? As we read the bookends to this account, Genesis 12 and Genesis chapter 21, that's going to be enough to encourage you for the new year. Amen? But this is what I really want to talk to you about. Abraham was 75 when the promise first came. But he was 100 years old when Isaac was born. Now, would you imagine with me being Abraham? And some of you can already see where I'm going with this. We know how it started. But because we're reading the Bible in retrospect, we also know how it ends up, right? But imagine being Abraham at 78 years old. Sarah comes out of the bathroom, pregnancy test. He's 81. No baby. He's 89. No baby. He's 94. No baby. She ain't getting any younger, God. (laughs) We all clap at Genesis 21 because we know how it ends. I want to ask you today, and this is my thought. What do you do at the start of every year 
when what you're believing for hasn't happened yet. Can we go there today? I want to preach to you on the thought, it hasn't happened yet. How do you navigate that? This is a sermon for everyone who finds yourself at the start of every year and you're a little bit weary from your journey of faith. You're having a pre-Isaac Abraham season right now. You're starting another year, still single. You've been believing God for the next stage of your life. Here you are, another year, same situation. You're starting a new year, there's no change in your marriage. You're starting a new year in that same cycle in your career and that job going nowhere. You're starting another year, you're no closer to owning your own home. Starting another year, kids are just as tough to raise today as they were back in November, in December. Starting the year, still with the same symptoms of that chronic illness. What do you do when the promises are not yet fulfilled? Let me ask you today, what do you do when what you're believing for hasn't happened yet? Can we go there today? This message for me hits pretty hard. It's deeply personal for me. But I know that God has spoken through the scripture to give us the grace and the strength that we need to navigate our 25-year Abraham journey. How many of you today, if you're in another campus today, you can put your hand up too because we need to acknowledge that you're in a season where some or many, if not all, of the promises that you sense that God has given for your life have still remained unfulfilled for your kids, for your health, for your marriage, for what God has called you to? How many of you know that you are yet to see the fullness of what God has for your life and you're still waiting? And to be honest with you, you get to the start of the year and you're still a little weary from waiting. The Apostle Paul actually gives us some keys in the book of Romans chapter 4 when he makes reference to Genesis 12 to 21 when he says this in Romans 4 verse 16. This is going to lift your spirit. It says, therefore the promise comes by faith that it may be only by grace and may be guaranteed to all Abraham's offspring, not only to those who are of the law, but also to those who have the faith of Abraham. He is the father of of us all. As it is written, I have made you a father of many nations. That's the, that's the throwing back to Genesis 12. He is our father in the sight of God in whom he believed and the God who gives life to the dead and calls in a being things that were not. Verse 18, let's go. Against all hope, Abraham in hope believed and so became. Oh man, in hope believed and so became. The father of many nations, just as he had, it had been said to him, so shall your offspring be. Without weakening in his faith, he faced the fact that his body was as good as dead since he was about 100 years old and that Sarah's womb was also dead. Yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but he was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God, being fully persuaded that God had the power to do what he had promised. If you're in a 25-year period of wedding, you don't know how this ends. Let me encourage you. You are in the story right now. I want to encourage you. Have faith and be fully persuaded that God has the power to do what He has promised. I think the reason why we lose our faith in the Abraham pre-Isaac season is because we want God to be an instant God. 
How many of you know that I've been pastoring a really long time. This is what I know of God. He's not an instant God. He might be a sudden God, but he's not an instant God. We want God to move instantly. We want to fit in a microwave theology to an eternal God. It doesn't work that way. We want God to work instantly on his promises. It might not be instant, but I can tell you what, when the time comes, it is suddenly. The reason for that is we work on chronos time. Oh God, it is the 8th of January, 2023. You better chop, chop now on my calendar because the things that you said you would do, it hasn't happened yet, but God doesn't work on your chronos time. He works on his kairos time. At my appointed time, I will see it done. Abraham didn't know that. He was 75 years old when the promise came, and he was 78, and then he was 81, and he was 83. Another year rolls by. Merry Christmas, Happy New Year. He's 84, and at 86, another year packing down the Christmas tree. And then he gets to 96, 97, 98. See, I don't know if you understand this today, but technology works instantly. Our God works suddenly. And it may mean that your journey of waiting might be years, but he does come suddenly. Yeah. And so today out of Romans chapter 4, you guys still there? Yeah. Out of Romans chapter 4, Paul gives us some keys, okay? What do you do? How do you navigate seasons where the promises of God remain unfulfilled when you are living in the reality of it hasn't happened yet? Let's get into it. First thing that comes out of Romans chapter 4 is this. Keep doing what he's asked you to do and let him do what he's promised to do. Keep doing what he's asked you to do and let him do what he's promised to do. At the start of every year, you're going to hear a voice saying, it's not working for you, is it, this Christianity thing? It's not working for you. There's no change really in your husband. There's no change really in your job situation. There's no change really in your health. Why do you keep going to those prayer meetings? Why do you keep going to Connect Group? Why do you keep serving? Why are you back on the roster? It's not really working for you, is it? Why are you so faithful to this God? Why do you come back and worship? Why are you even back at church in 2023? It's not working for you, is it? The voice of cynicism will try and steal you away from the faith and the faithfulness that is required of you. I want to say this to you today. If it hasn't happened for you yet, keep doing what he's asked you to do and let him do what he's promised to do. If, you, if, if, if people had stopped doing what God had asked them to do while they were waiting, I'll tell you what, the Israelites would have never marched around Jericho over and over and over and over again before Jericho fell. Come on, Joshua and Caleb marched around the wilderness for 40 years until they actually saw the promise. Abraham waited 25. Joshua and Caleb waited 40 years. Picking manna, defeathering quail. Here's another year again gone by, still not in the promises. Hannah would have given up going up month after month, year after year to the temple to get on her knees to worship every month that she didn't conceive. In any God-given promise, there's always what he's asked you to do, which is to stay faithful and what he's promised to do. Imagine with me if Abraham walked away from God at 99 years old. I'm done waiting. It's been 24 years. And I believe prophetically some of you are so close, walking away when you are so close to your breakthrough. If Abraham had walked away 24, at 99 years or 24 years into it, we wouldn't be reading about Genesis 21. Come on. Romans 4 would have never been written by Paul. I wonder... How many testimonies have never been told because God's people have walked away when it hasn't happened yet? I wonder how many breakthroughs, praise reports, things we could be sharing with each other about that we've walked away from 
Because we wanted an instant God. And God was working towards a sudden moment. I need someone to say amen today. Come on. Against all hope, Abraham believed. I want to encourage somebody today. Stay faithful to the course. Keep doing. Keep doing what God has called you to do. Keep doing what God has called you to do. Second thing, when it hasn't happened yet, is this. Keep speaking things into being that are not. Oh, PK, I'm not one of these name it and claim it people. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about aligning your speech at the start of every year with God's word. For so many of us, we start the years because we don't want to allow ourselves to get too excited about the things of God. We temper our speech and we start saying things that talk down or dilute the promises of God. Come on, am I I speaking to somebody today? Remember, if God is a God who speaks things to being as if it's not, we need to be the kind of people that align our speech with Him. I remember being in 2005, our, our church was just a year old, and we had our first Vision Sunday. And it was in a small little hall called the Melville Civic Center. I can't even begin to explain to you what a little rat hole that place was. But it was a hired hall, and, and it was parquetry floors, and it probably seated about 200 people. It was really empty at that stage. We had, it was a one year in, and um, I remember one of, of my elders at the time, I didn't know her very well. She'd been in, the, in, in my church a, a year because the church was only a year old. She comes up to me. Her name is Lynn Tan. She's still in our church today, right? And she comes up to me and says, Pastor Ken, I really feel that, this was 2005, I really feel that one day we're going to have a Vision Sunday. And she named the place. It was only freshly built at the time in 2005, right? One day, Pastor Ken, I really feel that we're going to have our Vision Sunday at the Perth Convention and Exhibition Center. <laughs> okay, sure. Yeah. Cool, Lynn. I, I, I believe that too. No, I did not. I scoffed. Guess where we're having Vision Sunday today? This coming February. There's something about the heart of God that speaks things into being as if they're not. If you've recently joined Nation Church in the last year, two years, you need to understand you are living in worshiping in things that were spoken of back then before they even existed. Thank God the church is 18 years old now. Thank God that in year 8, year 10, year 12, year 14, year 15 of the church, we didn't give up on God. Come on, are you out there? Thank God that we continue to speak things into being as if, come on, God doesn't play games with what's coming out of your mouth. In Luke chapter 1, God causes Zechariah, who was also facing the same things that Abraham was. This was in the New Testament. Him and his wife Elizabeth could not conceive a child. But when the angel said to him, Zechariah, you're going to have a child, he laughed at the angel and God says, I need you to shut your mouth until I bring this to bear because I'm the God that speaks things that are not into being. So you better get in alignment with me or I will shut your mouth in 2023 because I need a people of God that will speak in alignment with my word. Word. Amen. And you're resounding amen from somebody today. Keep speaking things into being as if it were. Some of you are saying, oh, PK, I'm a realist. I'm a realist. You know, I, I like facts. I deal in the realm of facts. Well, the Bible deals in the realm of facts too. And so if you're in a window of life right now where the promises of God hasn't happened yet, what Romans 4 tells us to do is this, face the facts, but don't waver through unbelief. We go, what? Does it say that? Romans 4.19, about Abraham. 
without weakening in his faith, he faced the fact. Mm, come on. He faced the fact that his body was as good as dead since he was 100 years old and that Sarah's womb was also dead, yet he did not waver through unbelief. We seem to think in Christianity that to have faith, we deny the facts. Come on. No wonder the world thinks we're a little kooky. But the Bible actually teaches us that it is possible for you to face the facts and yet not waver in unbelief. It is quite possible for you to say, yes, this is my reality right now about my kid. This is my reality right now about my health. This is what's going on in me right now in my current situation, yet I will not waver with unbelief. It's okay to face the facts about your unfulfilled promise. It's just not okay to let go of your faith. It's okay to face the fact that this reality is happening right now, but it is not okay to walk away and waver. Oh, God's not real anymore. Oh, I don't believe in God anymore. You're going to have the grace to face the facts, but not waver through unbelief. Sometimes we use facts as a license to let ourselves off the hook for not having faith. Sometimes we use facts as a Trojan horse or a front or a masquerade or an excuse to say, well, you know, the reason why I can't believe in that is because the facts are... See, this year I'm prophesying that God is going to awaken courageous faith in people. He's going to awaken some radical... I'm not talking about like a dialed down, calculated, reasoned, sterilized, calibrated, counseled level of cautious faith. I'm talking about the kind of faith that Abraham had. If you are the seed of Abraham, come on. We're all Abraham's people. And the Bible actually tells us that we ought to be as he has been. This stuff is really real to me personally at church. You need to understand that our youngest boy, Isaiah, is in year 11 at a special ed school. And intellectually, he's nowhere near being independent. He's only two years away from having to be out of school and fending for himself as a person with additional needs. And, I, and Chrissy and I face the facts every day that his prospects of life in the future are pretty grim. Every indicator, every assessment tells us that. Chrissy and I face the facts that that's our reality. But man, if I could just have a church that will also help me not to waver in unbelief. I don't care if there's five, six, seven, eight of you that will stand with me. I have got facts to face, but I need some community around me that will help me to not waver in unbelief. I know that this is not the journey for every single one of you, but I need some people around me. I, got to, it, I don't need help to face facts. I can do that on my own, but I need some help to not waver in unbelief. I, have I got a church today that's with me? I don't know what you're facing right now, what kind of facts you're actually facing about your current situation, but I want to say this to you, this year I'm going to lend my radical faith to yours. If we're going to be Abraham's people, let's be Abraham's people together. If there's anything that the pandemic taught us to do, it gave us an excuse to stop believing. It gave us an excuse to stop dreaming. It gave us an excuse to pin our hopes on, in God. But I tell you what, all that's behind us now is time to have faith yeah. again. Yeah. Come on, it's time to have faith yeah. again. When we first planted our church, I remember I faced the fact that we had so many empty chairs in a hall. It was like a fridge in winter and an oven in the summer. It was like crazy. <laughs> I faced the facts. And yet I held on that maybe one day those chairs would be filled with people saying yes to Jesus. You know, there was a time in the early years of our church when I would just walk through our hired hall and say, God, thank God, thank you, Jesus, that one day we're going to have our own building. Thank you, God, that we're going to have our own building. Thank you, God, I'm facing the fact we're in a hired hall, but one day we're going to have our own building. Thank you, God, we're going to have, one day we're going to have our own building. People got offended at that, and they got more offended when I, when I, when I asked them to give money. 
to what, what, what building? I don't know yet, but we're going to have one one day. Just give. We're going to build our future. What future? I don't know yet, but we're going to give. Right? Those offended people are now gone. You're sitting in the remnants and the legacy of the people that stayed. Thank God people stayed with me to face the facts and yet did not waver through unbelief. Come on, are you out there? Right? Can I unpack this a little bit more for you? As we read through the story of Abraham in the book of Genesis, I love that the Bible is incredibly accurate. The Old and New Testament collude with each other, Genesis 12 to 21, and then Paul revisits it in Romans 4 about Abraham's life. It's incredible. And you, you see great synergy between the Old Testament and the New. They, they, you know, one prophesies of the other, and the other confirms what was prophesied. It's really beautiful. However, when I read Romans chapter 4, it's a bit of a glitch in the system. I actually picked up on what I think is a little bit of a factual inaccuracy. Have you noticed? Romans 4, let me read this to you again, verse 20. This is Paul talking about Abraham, yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God, being fully persuaded that God had power to do what he had promised. Y'all clap at that verse. For those of you that are unfamiliar with the story of Abraham, the 25-year journey of the promise of God being yet unfulfilled, 75 years, I want to produce a lineage out of you. It's going to be blessed. Father of many nations, stars in the sky, so shall your descendants be, right? A few years down the line, he's thinking, oh man, Sarah's getting real old. Have you seen her lately? Still no baby. What he does, he has a faith wobble. He wasn't fully persuaded at all. He sleeps with an Egyptian maid to conceive a child with her. You'll understand the gravity of the situation. Hello? Right? If he was on my staff, he would lose his job. Do you understand? That's how serious this is. Right? Hello? If he was in our church, this would be a scandal. The Bible says, uh, let me read it again. He, he's fully persuaded that God had the power to do what? What do you mean he was fully persuaded? He was not fully persuaded at some season in his life. What this tells me is that if you're in a season where the promises of God are yet to be unfulfilled, here's the fourth thing, and this is going to encourage you. God does not hold your faith wobbles against you. How many of you are so glad about that? So I've had many a wobble. For those of you watching on other parts of the world, what a wobble is, is like a little bit of a shaky moment. That's how we talk in Australia, wobble. <laughs> faith wobble. How many of you had a faith wobble? Yes. Have you had one recently? Where you just go, oh my gosh, I don't know if I'm a Christian today. It's like, oh my goodness. <laughs> Paul, who wrote Romans under divine inspiration, wrote it as if the Hagar incident with Abraham actually never happened. He wrote it as if Abraham never laughed and scoffed at God. He wrote it, see, God does not hold any of Abraham's meltdowns, his freakouts, and his mistakes against him. Why? Some, this is going to encourage somebody watching through the screen today. Because God knows how hard it is to be human while trying to steward divine promise. 
God understands how hard it is to live in this earthly reality and yet steward prophetic future. I thank God that God did not hold my scoffing at Lin Tan's crazy idea back in 2005 that one day we're gonna have Vision Sunday at the Perth Convention and Exhibition Center. Thank God God did not hold the faith wobbles against me when, when like, we couldn't find a building for our Myri campus and I shook my fist at God for three years because Myri Kahai wouldn't sell us that building. Thank God he didn't hold my faith wobbles against me. You're sitting in a God who was so kind in our faith wobbles. Thank God that our faith wobbles in the pandemic when I had severe doubts that we'd ever be in Cork again. It broke my heart in a thousand pieces. And I had faith wobbles that God, I want to walk away from Europe. And yet two weeks time, we're going to be there. We're going to be there. We're going to see revival in Europe. This stuff hits home when you get to the start of every year and there's unfulfilled promise. Church, you gotta keep going. You gotta keep going, otherwise we never see the Isaacs that God has promised. I'm not condoning Hagar moments, I'm not condoning sin. This is not what this conversation is about because the price for the birth of Ishmael is still paid by Abraham's descendants today. What I'm trying to tell you today is this, that if you're having a difficult time, it's okay because God is on your side. God is on your side. It's helpful to you guys today. Having said that, the fifth point, the fifth point, if the promises of God hasn't happened yet for you, the wisdom of Genesis 12 to 21 and Romans 4 is simply this, that it's better to wait for your Isaac in the future than to birth an Ishmael now. Because there have been so many times I've been tempted to cave into the temptation to birth an Ishmael because I haven't had the patience to wait for my Isaac. We're an impatient people, aren't we, here in the West? Every decision that I reflect back on that has gone personally a little bit wrong, every mistake that we've made as a church, stuff in my own personal life, it's not because God got it wrong. It's because I rushed it and tried to do it in my own strength. Have you ever tried to do things in your own strength? Me and about 20 people. The rest of you guys, liars. <laughs> Somebody's lying over there in Wangara. Someone's lying over there in Bunbury. Come on. You try to make things happen in your own strength. Here's, here's the fundamental problem I think that, that I have that I think is an issue in the 21st century church is this. We no longer know how to wait. We no longer know how to wait. How many of y'all get annoyed at your microwave when it's trying to microwave frozen meat and it's taken 12 minutes and you're yelling at the thing? And even then when you like check it after 10 minutes, it's like only warmed up on the side, still frozen in the middle and you're oh, that's just me. See, the issue with us when it comes to the promises of God has never been with God's what. It's always been with the when. We don't argue with God about the what, do we? Isaac, awesome, bring it on, right? Healed body, fantastic, bring it on, right? Saved spouse, fantastic, bring it on. Restored children, fantastic, bring it on, right? We don't argue with God about the what. Our contention with God is always about the when, when we struggle with the when, we will compromise on the how and the who in order to get the what. Yeah. Oh man, you're not getting this. When we struggle with the when, God, the what? I'm not arguing with you about Isaac. I think that's awesome, God, but I am 
now 81 years old. So, you know, I will compromise on the how. I'll sleep with an Egyptian maid. The who? She's a pagan that doesn't share my faith and is not my wife. But I'll do it in order to get the what? But how many of you know that when you compromise on the how and the who, the what is never from God? You get the Ishmael, not the Isaac. You get something that looks like it, but it's not quite. Oh, come on, am I speaking to a church today? You get a dilution of the promise, not the real promise. You get what looks like should have been your inheritance, but it's not quite the inheritance God had planned for you. I want to just encourage in your heart today, it's better to wait for your Isaac in the future than birth in Ishmael now. If you're at the start of 2023 and you're saying, God, it's another year. I'm getting real impatient. I want to make this happen. Let me encourage you today. Don't, don't you birth in Ishmael. Wait for your Isaac. Don't you cave in on the temptation to do things in your own strength and end up with something it's only half yours and God's idea, but it's your own doing. I don't know why God caused a delay in Ireland. Well, I do know it's a pandemic. But this is what I do know. For the whole three-year wait, that journey, we didn't want to birth an Ishmael. Because Isaac's coming in two weeks' time. There were so many seasons where I was impatient with our church. I want it to make things happen. God has always reminded me, you can choose today to birth an Ishmael, or you can wait for an Isaac. You can have your instant, or you can wait for your sudden. You can work on the Kronos time, or you can be obedient to the Kairos time. You can, you can do this in your own strength, or you can have the grace for the 25-year journey. I know which I'd rather. At the end of my life, I want the Romans 4 to be spoken of my life. Yeah. Yeah. That I face the facts. Yeah. Did not waver in my unbelief. Yeah. Romans chapter 4, I want to encourage you again. Verse 20. Yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God, being fully persuaded that God had power to do what he had promised. Musicians, you can join me. Romans 4, let me recap. If you're in a season of it hasn't happened yet, keep doing what he's asked you to do and let him do what he's promised to do. Secondly, keep speaking into being things that are not. Thirdly, face the facts, but don't waver through unbelief. Fourth, God does not hold your faith wobbles against you. And fifth, better to wait for your Isaac in the future than birth and Ishmael. Now, is that helpful to you guys? Can we give Jesus a big shout of praise? Come on, why don't you stand on your feet? Thanks for listening to the Nations Church podcast. For more info, please visit nationschurch.com.